Welcome to The Well Way. Join me, Julie Keller Callahan, as I chat with industry insiders who are shaping the wellness world. We'll chat about the latest trends, treatments that excite us, best business practices, and more. Come on, sit down, relax, and join us on our journey along The Well Way. so excited today. We have Dr. Jeffrey Chen from the UCLA Cannabis Research Initiative. He is the executive director of this initiative. He's a physician, a researcher, and an entrepreneur accelerating research and education regarding the cannabis plant. He's the founder and executive director of the UCLA Cannabis Research Initiative, one of the first university programs in the world dedicated to the study of cannabis. Dr. Chen has also spoken on the topic of cannabis at venues ranging from the Rand Corporation in Senator Feinstein's office to the Yale School of Management and the Royal Palace of the Kingdom of Bhutan. His work has been covered by outlets ranging from Rolling Stone and Time to Forbes and the Wall Street Journal. Dr. Chen is a David Geffen Fellow, UCLA Anderson Fellow, UCLA Wolfen Entrepreneur Award recipient, U.S. patent holder, and a World Economic Forum Global Shaper. Dr. Chen is a graduate of the specialized MD-MBA program at UCLA and graduated magna cum laude from Cornell University, where he studied biology, business, and music. You can follow him on Instagram at Dr. Jeffrey Chen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We are so honored to have you. Thank you for having me. All right. And so well, let's just get started. Can you tell me a little bit about UCLA's Cannabis Research Initiative? You know, how did it come about? Why is it important? And what are you guys doing there? Sure. So we are about two years old, and we... Our mission is to advance scientific understanding of how cannabis impacts body, brain, and society. And so, you know, the body and brain piece, that makes sense. You know, what does it do for things like pain? What does it do for mood disorders, both good and bad? The society part means that we all realize that cannabis legalization is a grand experiment. Nobody has the answer to how this should look. And so we felt that we were really uniquely positioned being in Los Angeles, which is the largest single cannabis market in the world. I did not realize that. Right. Uh, and as well as California, which is the largest cannabis state or country in the world, right? We're larger than Canada. Um, and we have fully legal regulated adult use cannabis. So we really saw that we had a responsibility to both research the medical science side, again, both the good and the bad. Who could it help? Who could it hurt? As well as try to inform society about how to make cannabis legalization better for all stakeholders. How do you tax it better? How do you prevent underage usage? How do you detect stone driving? All these are all things that we're working on. And our the makeup of our group also reflects kind of our broad mission. So we have over 40 UCLA faculty who've joined our cannabis initiative. They span you know, 18 different departments, eight different schools at UCLA. So a very collaborative, interdisciplinary group. And I like to joke that the only way that all these disparate people come together is because cannabis brings people together. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're here at the American Spa CBD Summit, so we're going to focus a little bit more on CBD. In your opinion, why do you think this particular ingredient has exploded? Because in spa, we have ingredients that pop and we have, you know, but this is like nothing I personally have never seen. So what do you think it is about CBD that is just resonating everywhere right now? Sure. So in some sense, compared to other natural botanical products that might make their way into skin products, CBD has kind of been locked away in the hemp and cannabis plant. And that's because for the last half century, hemp, marijuana, cannabis, it's all been illegal. 
It's even been basically illegal or incredibly difficult to even research. So in that sense, CBD has kind of been locked away in, in, in ways that other natural products haven't been, number one. Number two, I think there's a general zeitgeist and hype around medical cannabis or, or even recreational cannabis. And so people have been hearing about it in the news. Their friends are using it. And so for them to be offered an ingredient from cannabis that is not intoxicating, that also doesn't put them in risk of criminal penalty, I think is very appealing for a lot of folks. So there's a, there's a certain allure that has been built around cannabis that's now spilling over into CBD. And I think the third piece of why, especially in the last six months, you saw such a boom is that you had a legalization of hemp. And so for the first time ever, big box retailers like CVS, Walgreens are carrying CBD products and they're not abashed about saying what it is. Like I mean, if you go to the point of sale display shelves in the store, on one hand, they could have been, what is CBD? Oh, it's a natural ingredient that's good for you or whatever. But instead you look at it and it goes, what is CBD? CBD is a compound from cannabis. Like just flat out, they went <laughs> fully mm-hmm. with it saying it. So I, th- I found that really interesting. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. So, you know, CBD is at Walgreens and everything else. But I think in the wellness industry, we have a unique opportunity to actually explain it a little bit better because you have estheticians who actually will have someone for 60 minutes on their treatment tables or doing a massage or doing a facial. So do you have some pointers for spa directors to kind of explain it to their clients in an easy to understand way? And I know that's a wildly wide question, but I think is there, can you dumb it down a little bit for us so that if they were giving a two minute talk to their, to their clients, what could they say about CBD, why it's working and why should their clients consider using it? Got it. So, you know, I never thought about that. You are right in that, you know, your average doctor is way too busy Mm -hmm. to talk about this. And most of them are probably still skeptical. And where else are folks getting uh, one-on-one education on CBD? There's not a lot of places. You go to a dispensary, the bud tender maybe tucks to you for a little bit, but you're right. You don't really have 30, 60 minutes alone. So that is a unique opportunity to educate folks. I think the, a simple way to explain it is that CBD, first off, it is non-intoxicating. It is, it is completely different to THC. The only resemblance they bear is that they're both found in the uh, cannabis plant. And I think that furthermore, I think it's important for people to realize that the reason the product is legal is because hemp was legalized and you can derive CBD from hemp. And so CBD is not a narcotic in the eyes of the federal government. So there's the the criminal risk of possessing a narcotic goes to zero at this point with CBD from hemp. In terms of what it could potentially do. I mean, again, focusing on skin, I think there, not, I think there has been potent benefit, potential benefit shown in, in animal studies that CBD could reduce inflammation when applied to the skin. It could reduce, um, sebum production. So if you're worried about uh, acne, it can reduce keratinocyte proliferation, which is for uh, disorders like psoriasis, for example. And it is also an antioxidant uh, that is at least as powerful as vitamin E. So now you're talking potential anti-aging stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, this has all really only been demonstrated in animals, but there's, so there's clearly a potential uh, benefit if this pans out to be true in humans. This podcast is brought to you by Impact CBD Expo. QuestX has announced the launch of Impact CBD Expo 
a content-based digital and live event platform that delves into the exciting, evolving, and fast-paced world of CBD. The event will feature in-depth education with tracks analyzing the impact of CBD on patients, clients, a health practice, or business, and an expo hall with hundreds of CBD providers and experience centers to highlight the impact of CBD on health and wellness products. Get show dates, tickets, and more at impactcbdexpo.com. Why or how does it work? That is where we're actually a little unclear on. But I mean, the most basic way that you might be able to describe it is the fact that our bodies possess a system called the endocannabinoid system. The system was named after cannabis. We only discovered the system about 25 years ago. And endo means internal, cannabinoid means cannabis-like. So this is our internal cannabis-like system in our body. And so what CBD appears to do is it appears to boost our body's own naturally produced endocannabinoids. And these endocannabinoids are involved in a wide variety of physiologic processes. But if you had to really distill it down to one thing, one word of what the endocannabinoid system is designed for, it's really homeostasis, bringing the system back to equilibrium. So if you have too much inflammation, when you turn on the endocannabinoid system, its job is to bring that inflammation back to baseline. If you have too much pain signaling, right, your nerves are firing and signaling too much pain, activation of the endocannabinoid system is designed to decrease the firing of those neurons and so on and so forth. Okay, that's great. That's really helpful because I think, you know, so many of us are trying to learn about it and so many of these therapists, they're getting these kind of questions. So they just, they want to be able to answer them intelligently. So that was right. wonderful. Thank you. And actually one more thing to add to that um, uh, in terms of the safety of it. Is CBD, so CBD is already FDA approved for children who have severe epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And we have decent data that CBD uh, is safe, even in up to pretty high doses, like a thousand milligrams a day. When we're talking about skin, I would say that the, the, the it's even safer than oral ingestion. Because mm-hmm. if you take it by mouth, it could potentially interact with other drugs. It might boost levels of other drugs you're taking because it CBD might slow down how your liver breaks down other drugs, therefore boosting levels of those other drugs. And that can be dangerous if those other drugs have side effects. Sure. Um, but if you're talking about the skin, uh, in my opinion, the, the risk, uh, potential side effects and risks really go, go down even further. So very minimal. Pretty, pretty darn minimal. And even if they're doing massage with CBD, that's still, you know, not breaking the skin barrier much, if, if at all. So even even that is still fairly safe as it relates to the CBD. Yeah, again, I think the main concern is if the CBD is getting into your blood at high enough concentrations where it then circulates through your blood and makes it to the liver, where it then can potentially interfere with how your liver breaks down other drugs. Okay. Um, but the in terms of for your average... CBD topical product being used by a masseuse, for example, I don't think significant quantities are getting into the blood. Now, the one area where that might be different is if you had a product that was like a transdermal patch mm-hmm. that was like really well made that could, and it was loaded with a ton of CBD that could theoretically get enough into your blood where you should start being concerned about drug interactions and stuff like that. But I, from what I've seen, that's not really what's being used in, in mm-hmm. spas. Absolutely. Okay. And do you have any good resources that you think that you trust for spas or anybody interested in this to access? What would you recommend as resources to use? So the the scientist in me says you got to go to the original research, the basic research, and go to PubMed and pull the studies. 
I think it's unlikely that a lot of folks have the, the bandwidth to do that, or maybe they're not trained mm-hmm. in science. I think one thing that folks can do, especially if they're deciding on what product to carry in their spa is ask their vendors for the science. You know, the, the vendor saying our product's the best. Uh, it's formulated properly, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's time to ask them, why do you think that your, the dosage you picked is correct? Or why do you think that the carrier formulation you used will actually deliver this mm-hmm. into the skin? And that's because, you know, if you just rub CBD by itself on your skin, it's not really going to absorb much at all. Sorry, what was the second part of that question? No, I was just asking for places for trustworthy information. Ah, yes. So there's one resource that I, I like because it's not too overly scientific. And that it seems to be a little more approachable for consumers. I will say that this same website also takes things a step further and that, you know, they'll make sometimes make a mountain out of a molehill. Sure. <laughs> but at least this website aggregates all of the basic scientific papers in an easy to use format. So it's www.projectcbd.org. Okay. So that's one really good resource. And uh, another resource if you want like a really uh, another way to look at this, the, the World Health Organization last year, I believe, put out a pretty extensive report on CBD where they also kind of summarize all the things that we need to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are two good resources to, to look at. But ju- just the, the caveat is it's in terms of skin applications of CBD in humans, it's never been studied. So we don't really know what is the most appropriate dosage. Mm-hmm. The, the oral ingestion of CBD has been studied a little more. That's why we know there are these potential side effects that people need to be aware of. Well, actually, that kind of takes me to the next question because, you know, spas are interested in obviously bringing in CBD for treatments and facials, massages, but they're also looking at retail lines and possibly bringing in ingestible CBD, which is a little bit more complicated. So, you know, how is that a little, how is that different? How does it impact the body to ingest it versus applying it topically? And what do spa directors need to know and watch out for when doing that? Because that seems to be the place where they could cross over to getting into a little bit more trouble, whether with the law, whether with their insurance or potential Correct. side effects with their patients or Correct. Their, their clients. Not yeah. Their patients. <laughs> so why don't we start with the regulation that we can dive mm-hmm. into the science a little. So when the 2018 farm bill passed, it legalized hemp and it legalized CBD and it legalized basically anything derived from hemp. So CBD went from being a Schedule One drug, as dangerous as heroin, to not narcotic whatsoever. So the DEA has no jurisdiction over CBD, the Drug Enforcement Agency. However, what happened was the FDA came out and said, hey, CBD is already an FDA-approved drug. It's FDA-approved for kids with seizures. Because it's an FDA-approved drug, even though you're getting it from a natural source, that doesn't mean you can sell this as a natural dietary supplement willy-nilly. That's a pharmaceutical drug. And so the FDA made a big hullabaloo about oral ingestion of CBD because they said, you're taking a pharmaceutical drug that needs to go through FDA regulations and all of that stuff. And so that's why CBD companies have been getting warning letters from the FDA. And we we expect the FDA to come out with some regulatory scheme on CBD in the coming, you know, six ingestible to, CBD. Ingestible, correct. Okay. Ingestible six, in the next six to 12 months. The FDA has not really made a squeak about topical applications of CBD, probably because they realize that it's not a priority and that the side effects are significantly lower than oral mm-hmm. CBD. So what does that mean? It means that whatever products you might be carrying right now in your spa you might see a dramatic shift in that landscape once the FDA regulations are published in that, you know, maybe your vendors weren't using a FDA registered manufacturing facility. Maybe their product was too potent. 
and the FDA might come out and say, okay, CBD that's sold, this, this prescription CBD that's already FDA approved, that has a really high dosage. Anything that's allowed to be sold as a dietary supplement at most can only have, I'm going to make up a number, 10 milligrams per bottle. I'm going to make up a number. Mm -hmm. So, and has to be made in a FDA registered facility. So that might knock out a whole nother batch of products. So you might see a huge shift in what products um, still exist after the FDA regulations, number one. And then number two, yes, there, I guess there's a theoretical, not even criminal really, but there's some theoretical risk there and that you're selling a uh, unapproved drug in a sense, oral ingestible mm -hmm. CBD. And then there's the liability issue, which is that yes, you know, oral ingestion of CBD could boost levels of other medications that the folks are taking. And there's also that that's one, that's the main concern, but there's also things like we don't know how CBD affects pregnancy. So pregnant women should not take CBD right, right now. There's also, uh, we also don't technically know what long, long, long-term use of CBD does. Like if you use CBD for years, how might that, we know it seems, it's a safe in the short term. We have data, weeks, months of people using it, high doses, but so that's another area. So I would say the safest, both from a regulatory piece, as well as a potential liability piece of causing harm to your clients, clearly topical is the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's really up to your own risk tolerance as to whether you want to sell the ingestibles. This podcast is brought to you by Impact CBD Expo. ImpactCBDExpo.com will be a year-round content feed featuring curated posts, articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts chronicling the impact of CBD. If you're a health, medical, wellness, or retail professional, you can't afford to not attend this exciting new CBD experience. This is the biggest opportunity of the year to boost sales and learn about all things CBD. Get show dates, tickets, and more at ImpactCBDExpo.com. I want to talk a little bit about what's next in wellness as it relates to CBD. We talked a little bit here at the summit about, I think it was a CBDG or CBG. What do you think is the next big thing that's coming down the pike or that we don't know about CBD that might be coming up? Got it. So I think you were asking two questions. Mm -hmm. One was like, what's the next cannabinoid right. that's coming? And then what else, what might be the next application of CBD that could be big? So um, maybe let's talk about some potential, well, let's just talk about the applications of CBD in general. Uh, again, topically. So I think, you know, based on the animal studies, if they pan out to be true in humans, I think clearly there's a role for acne. I think clearly there's a role for inflammation, however that might manifest. And that, that is a whole host of inflammatory skin conditions, both full-blown diseases versus just people that have irritated red sure. skin, right? You know, you could have inflammatory skin conditions um, like, you know, um, psoriasis and, and all this other stuff, right? Uh, I think there's a potential role for CBD in uh, eczema and pruritus, which is like when you have really itchy mm -hmm. skin. So that that's another potential application there as well, as well as the potential anti-aging applications, both from the antioxidant effects of CBD as well as the anti-inflammatory effects because oxidation and inflammation drives the aging of skin and also drives chronic disease. Okay. Now, in terms of, but again, big caveat here is if and when we figure, we this pans out to be in humans. In terms of other cannabinoids coming down the pipeline, um, they again, CBD hasn't been studied in skin. These have have not been studied in skin either. But clearly, I think THCV is really interesting. Uh, 
again, not necessarily from a skin standpoint per se, but it's just interesting because it's been shown to reduce blood glucose levels. It's been shown to reduce appetite. It's been shown to treat uh, nerve pain associated with diabetes. And it's even been shown to slow some of the potential damage to the eye you see in diabetics. So, wow. so now you, you potentially could reduce their appetite, reduce their blood sugar, protect the eye, and even um, treat some of the pain that diabetics might have. That's fascinating. Um, but also there, you know, now that hemp is legal, you have a cornucopia of cannabinoids that can be derived from hemp that are not illegal drugs, that are not marijuana. And there's over a hundred of these cannabinoids. We talked about CBD. We talked about THCV, THCV. There's CBN, CBG, CBDV. The list goes on and mm-hmm. on. We don't really know what they do right now. It'll take years before we figure it out. It'll take years before we even figure out what CBD does. Right. But clearly, you know, CBD is hot right now. It'll be hot for several more years. Then I think as CBD wanes or as it, it becomes fully mainstream because we know what it does, then it's like the next, the next hot, hot cannabinoid that gets mm-hmm. a lot of research and interest until that gets fully figured out. Then the next one and the next one and the next one. Um, and what is a cannabinoid? I should have defined right. that earlier. <laughs> a cannabinoid, cannabinoids are a family of compounds that act upon the cannabinoid receptor in the human body. In nature, cannabinoids are only present in the cannabis plant. THC is a cannabinoid, CBD is a cannabinoid, all the other ones I listed with funny names are cannabinoids too. But you can also make cannabinoids in a lab. So those are synthetic cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Um, why do our bodies have cannabinoid receptors? A receptor is, is, a, is, a, is a, it's like a keyhole. It receives something. And when a cannabinoid fits in the cannabinoid receptor, the cannabinoid being the key, the receptor being the keyhole, if, if you have the right fit, it can turn on our cellular engines and tell the cells to do things. Why do we have these cannabinoid receptors in our body? Well, it's because our bodies produce endocannabinoids. Endo meaning internal. So our naturally produced internal cannabinoids. Um, so our, uh, so our bodies produce these when it wants to bring about homeostasis. And so when our endocannabinoids are produced, they bind to the cannabinoid receptor. They trigger a shift to towards equilibrium. And so uh, cannabinoids from the cannabis plant, for example, are kind of tricking our body when they also bind to that same receptor. Our body's kind of reacting as if it were our own endocannabinoid. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, the potential there is just mind boggling when you start thinking about what could happen. And speaking of potential, what's next for you with the Cannabis Research Initiative? What are you guys working on right now that's exciting that we should be watching? Sure. So there's so many different areas that cannabis cannabinoids broadly could benefit. Literally, I can name dozens of diseases. But there's three that we've honed in on because we recognize that there is a good amount of, there's decent research suggesting that it could benefit it. And these are huge societal issues. So the three are chronic pain slash opioid dependency. Category number two is dementia slash Alzheimer's. And then category number three is cancer. Not the anti-cancer effects, um, but more the symptoms of cancer. Um, can you can it help you tolerate chemotherapy better? Can it help you have a better quality of life? Can it help you get out of bed better? Because those things are going to help you fight your cancer better. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the three areas where there's preliminary evidence in animals and humans that there's a benefit. And so we want to take it to the next level and turn that preliminary evidence into bona fide gold standard clinical trial data that can inform doctors, patients, 
regulators, insurance companies, etc. Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and for being part of the CBD Summit. We're really excited to have you back next year and to see what you do. Thank so, you for having me. It's you. been a wonderful Appreciate summit. It. Thank you. Alrighty. This podcast is brought to you by Impact CBD Expo. Questex has announced the launch of Impact CBD Expo, a content-based digital and live event platform that delves into the exciting, evolving, and fast-paced world of CBD. The event will feature in-depth education with tracks analyzing the impact of CBD on patients, clients, a health practice, or business, and an expo hall with hundreds of CBD providers and experience centers to highlight the impact of CBD on health and wellness products. ImpactCBDExpo.com will be a year-round content feed featuring curated posts, articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts chronicling the impact of CBD. If you're a health, medical, wellness, or retail professional, you can't afford to not attend this exciting new CBD experience. This is the biggest opportunity of the year to boost sales and learn about all things CBD. Get show dates, tickets, and more at ImpactCBDExpo.com.